Welcome to your Lot and Parcel podcast. Our mission is to emphasize the importance of preserving historic landmarks for future generations, mental health, physical well-being, and a safe family home environment. We value your monetary support. Here's your host, Benjamin F. Diaz. Thank you for joining me. As we know, cyberspace is a social environment that is used in many productive ways. However, like many other things, it can be used maliciously. And that is why we are discussing cyberbullies with a New York licensed psychologist. And he's given us educational examples of cyberbullying that parents and guardians should be aware of to protect our children. Let's invite him now to our show, Dr. Michael Nucciatelli. Thank you, doctor, for coming on your sh- my on the show again. I, I really appreciate it. I want you to know to, for you to come back on the on your lot and parcel show. I I, I realize that uh, what we're going to be talking about is a horrendous problem. And that's uh, cyber bullies. Uh, it's, uh, of course, it's an attack on the most vulnerable in society. But before we get into our discussion, uh, Doctor, tell us about yourself and your personal mission, if you would. Okay, well, good day, Mr. Diaz, and, th- and thank you for having me back. It, it certainly is uh, an honor to be with you uh, a second time, so thank you. So essentially, I am a New York State licensed psychologist. Uh, By day, I own a group practice called MN Psychological Services, PLLC, Uh, myself and other psychologists and social workers that uh, I have employed. uh, We treat the chronically mentally ill. Uh, I've been doing that for a couple of years now. So that is what I do by day. That is my full-time job, treating the, the chronically mentally ill. After work and on the weekends, which I've been doing since I wrote the concept, uh, is volunteering and then providing educational information that is all themed with online safety. Mm-hmm. But I am the creator of a concept, a dark side of cyberspace concept called iPredator. And what we're going to be talking about today, as you mentioned, is we're going to be talking about one of the eight types of iPredator, which are cyber bullies. Mm-hmm. Well, good. And, uh, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, uh, of course, I don't have any children in my home anymore. They're grown and gone, you know. But uh, what is uh, today's running definition of a cyberbully? Well, in essence, before we go into the actual definition of the okay. cyberbully, if I may, Mr. Diaz, sure. is to give the three criteria to define if somebody's an eye predator. Because as oh. I mentioned, uh, a cyberbully is one of the eight types of eye predator. And it's very important for both parents, uh, listeners to your show, is to understand if, you know, they're dealing with a cyberbully, if their child has been cyberbullied, and if that child or that individual is an iPredator. So the first criteria, which is very straightforward, very common sense, is the use of information technology to harm another online user. Uh, Again, child-on-child cyber attacks. Two, which we're going to talk about a little bit later, is a self-awareness of causing harm using information technology. Mm-hmm. And when we discuss uh, my cyberbullying triad, you'll, you'll, your listeners will understand how there's a little bit of a, a, a fogginess to a self-awareness of causing harm. And then mm-hmm. the third criteria to define an iPredator, aka cyberbully, 
is the, the creation implementation of what I call cyber stealth. And cyber stealth is, is, is online deception, or it is using whatever methods needed to locate, to target, and to co- collect data on your target. Hmm. So if an online user engages in those three criteria, they fit those three criteria, they are an eye predator. Now, of the eight different types of online assailants of eye predator, cyberbullying is the only one that is child on child cyber attacks. Mm-hmm. For some reason, I am not the creator of why, but here, most online safety educators pre- pre- presently deem the cyberbully as a child phenomena. Mm-hmm. Myself, in my volunteer work, when somebody says to me that they're being cyberbullying, they're being bullied and they're adults, I certainly don't correct them. But for some reason, at least as of 2022, cyberbullying is a pediatric phenomenon. Okay. All right. Well, that's interesting. So it's, uh, yeah, I, I can see where in that context, it, it does fit. Yes. So is, is cyberbullies, is that different from, um, how, would, how different is that? Uh, well, contra- again, getting to, so, well, bullying is offline taunting, teasing, okay. Uh, typically offline bullying, as you know, for all, all of right. us, I believe bullying has been around since the beginning oh, gosh, of yes. civilization. It's yeah. been around for as long as I know, <laughs> and I'm sure many generations before you and I, Mr. Diaz, bullying oh, yes. has been around. Oh, yes. But then in the late 70s, and then I would say around 2010 is the explosion of social media and the internet. Oh, then yeah. we are introduced to what is called cyberbullying. And in cyberbullying is child on child cyber attacks. It is in a nutshell, very simply, is when one child cyber attacks another child, often time to taunt, to tease, to humiliate, to exploit them. And that is what cyberbullying is. Now, the big difference between bullying and cyberbullying, I talk about this all the time, is that with bullying, when a child is being bullied, at the end of that event, what happens? They're allowed to leave the environment, whether it's happening in school, whether it's happening on the playground, whether it's happening in the sports field or somewhere in the community, they're able to leave that environment and go home and seek sanctuary. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, with cyberbullying, it's a whole different ball game. So where it's cyberbullying, as I say, it can be 24-7, 365. Mm-hmm. The child who is cyberbullied can be, not always, but can be theoretically cyberbullied 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. Um, it, depending on the severity of the cyberbullying, the, the target can be, you know, t- uh, targeted, victimized on weekends, during mm-hmm. holidays, during summer vacation. So yeah. essentially, there is no escape for the cyberbully child. And that is what makes it so traumatizing. Yeah. So now what we have, we have the child many times, not always, but often oh. is bullied offline at school, as I right. said, around the playground. Yes. Then when they leave school, they are cyberbullied at home. And as I said, 24 around the clock. So there literally is no escape. 
Interesting. Is it, is it normally the case where the victim does not know? Of course, on the playgrounds, it's a little different because I think back when I was <clears throat> growing up, that's been a while. It might have been pterodactyls flying overhead at the time. My doctor, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I remember a couple of incidents. I, I could, of course, I, I wouldn't. Uh, no matter how big the kid was, you know, I, I would uh, stick to my guns, you know, and, and they respected me for that. Uh, and that was it, you know, but of course we didn't have the internet at that time, but uh, let's say in a scenario like this, uh, is it, is it often the case that the victim does not know who's doing this to them? Well, if I may, Mr. Diaz, cause you bring up an excellent point that needs to be mentioned. Uh, and for me as well, I love how you bring pterodactyls. Uh, but when <laughs> I was young and I was bullied, my bullies were bigger than me. It wasn't mm-hmm. until, you know, cause I was a late bloomer. I didn't become six foot until I hit, I think 16 or 17. So, but in the pre-information age, the bullied child, the bully tended to be bigger, stronger, yeah. and had more physical attributes. Oh yes. Well, <laughs> thanks to the information age, physical attributes is no longer a necessary mm. requirement mm-hmm. for, in order for there to be cyberbullying. Some of the, the, the weakest, most smallest child, if he is somewhat or she is internet social media save, savvy, mm-hmm. he or she can be incredibly vicious when it comes to cyberbullying. So today in the information age, Physical attributes has nothing to do with the ability to target another child. So that's important to note. Mm-hmm. That is a good point. That's a very good point because, uh, yeah. yeah, I remember a couple of incidents just to relate to you. I remember there was three kids ready to pounce on me, you know. So <clears throat> here comes my my bigger brother. Well, they, they scurried away like uh, in, like nobody's business, you know. They never did bother me again. But they had to take three. <laughs> but exactly. on the internet, you're yeah. talking about even a you know the, the size or the strength is uh, not relevant at all. Right. And one of the things to answer your question is, does the the victim the tar- I hate to use the word victim because okay. you know right. so, but I try to use the word target. But okay. we can, it is obviously interchangeable. Yes. Um, but the victim does know sometimes know who the, the cyber bully is. But uh, which is at the website, I also had sent you the link is I had published several years back are 42 different types, Mm -hmm. uh, tactics or examples of cyberbullying. One tactic that is used, which uh, may speak to your question, is called cyberbullying by proxy. Mm-hmm. And what that is, is when the cyber bully either manipulates, encourages, or persuades other children to target the, the, the victim. So the cyberbullying target may not know who is the actual primary assailant, because under cyberbullying by proxy, the real bully may not want to disclose his or her identity. So he manipulates others to do his, you know, to do his nastiness. Right, right. Interesting. My gosh. I tell you what, <clears throat> the information age has uh, really changed the social environment. I, I can tell you that much. Uh, but uh, let's say I'm a parent. Like I indicated, I don't have any children at home anymore. But let's say I have a child that is a target, as you call it, a target or a victim. What can I do as a parent? 
Well, first and foremost, it is preparing a child in addition to the parent Mm -hmm. is how do you make all devices of safe space? Goodness gracious, 10, 15 years ago, we'd be talking about a desktop computer that is in a central location of the home. Well, here we are in 2022, uh, going into 2023 shortly, and that has all changed. Yeah. So it is obviously, yes, the desktop, uh, the, the home computer, the laptop, the mobile devices at home are very important to take into consideration. But for children today, both tween and teens, it is now all about mobile devices. Mm-hmm. So for parents, it is doing whatever possible to make the devices a safe space. Okay. So first and foremost, it is... Uh, and your child may not agree with it, but then again, you are the parent, is to follow your child's social media profiles. So whether they have TikTok, whether they are Snapchat, whether they are Instagram, uh, today's children really are not using Facebook, but some older children are, those Mm -hmm. that are, you know, teens and, you know, some are, you know, early adulthood. Um, So it is always following them on their social media sites. Now, obviously, your late age adolescents, those that are maybe juniors, seniors in high school, (laughs) freshmen in college, certainly, you're not going to be, you know, uh, on them about their social media sites. But it's, it's paramount to have an open dialogue. Okay. Um, Now for younger children, for children that are still living at home. And again, Mr. Diaz, it all uh, depends on developmental appropriateness, maturity level. Mm -hmm. There are 13 and 14 year old children that are very mature and can be trusted with using social media responsibly. There are 16, 17, and even 18 year olds that are developmentally, you know, again, it's up to the parent, but developmentally giving them their mobile device and allowing them to go into their bedroom to use their mobile device at will. Mm -hmm. Well, there are some uh, teens that that's not a good idea. So one of the things I always say is, well, webcams, including cell phones, are out of the child's bedroom. Mm -hmm. It should never be allowed because what we're learning is the mobile device is where a child is able to engage in whatever their heart desires. So that is a very important is to never allow the mobile device. Some parents, they, uh, they have their children (laughs) and sometimes the husband and and the mom, everybody puts the mobile device in a basket. Mm -hmm. This way, it not only reduces isolated time for the child, but even for the parents, for the family, it it creates more offline time by everybody putting the cell phone in a basket or an area so that everybody is offline at a certain time. Sure, sure. Well, that's good cooperation. But again, now you you do have some kids that... Um, enjoy going against the grain, as it were, you know? Yes. uh, And again, it's, you know, given the developmental, the the maturational stage where a child is, 
in her in his or her you know development mm -hmm. all depends on you know the level of involvement a parent's going to take but no matter what the involvement the developmental the maturation you know of the child a parent needs to take an active role in a child's online life because today mr Deo, all children all children of the information age now here in 2022 maybe not 100%, but the vast majority of children today spend a significant amount of time online. Oh, yes, I agree with you. Absolutely. I've, I've seen it, you know, with other kids, you know, their families and so forth, you know, uh, you come to visit and they're just looking at their mobile, uh, which is a computer all onto itself, uh, and they carry it in their pocket. So let me ask you, uh, the, this cyber buoys, I mean, it can be so relentless that the target or the victim can end up in a very tragic end. Uh, have you known anything like that to happen? Well, yes, and you bring up, yes. and thank you, Mr. Diaz. I didn't have yes. that written down in my notes, but it is crucial for all parents to know. Yeah. <clears throat> and again, Mr. Diaz, I am not a fatalist. I am an right. idealist. I'm also mm -hmm. somewhat of a realist. Right. And I think the benefits for children, as well as adults, uh, information technology, the benefits far outweigh the detriments. Mm. But if you don't take an active role in a child's online world, they can be cyberbullied. Sometimes they can be sextorted. I mean, the, the things that can occur to a child online are just amazing particularly if a child is discouraged, if a child is depressed, suffering from psychological dysfunction, yeah. uh, if there is, you know, a lot of conflict within the household, a child is likely to isolate more. So if, if a parent does not take an active role in their child's online world, they can essentially remove themselves and their entire waking life becomes their online world. Mm. And what we're dealing with today, which only began with the information age, is when a child takes his or her life, and it's called cyber bully side. Mm. And what that is, is when a child takes his or her life, because they're being targeted, taunted, exploited online, it's called cyber bully side. And that is suicide because of what's occurring in their online life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard enough for kids growing up, you know, the growing pains and the hormones going on and everything else. And yeah, this on top of that, you know, it's just, uh, it's uh, can end up uh, tragically as you indicated. Cause yes. I have, I, I have heard of, of that, uh, those things happening even here locally. So uh, it, uh, it, it can be a real problem. And um, if I may, if I may, Mr. Diaz, yes, go ahead. In addition to cyber bully side, and this is a new phenomenon that mm. I, you know that I've just learned about in the past couple of months. They're all synonymous to one another, but this can occur to cyberbullying as well. It doesn't have to be cyberbullying, but definitely the cyberbullied child can begin to move into this behavior, this self-destructive behavior. It is either called digital self-abuse, self-bullying, or self trolling. Hmm. And this is when a child anonymously begins to post negative co uh, comments uh, about themselves. They can either do it anonymously, post negative comments 
negative teasing, negative taunting about themselves using social media, or they create a fake account and that fake account is, is used to post negative co- content about them, the individual. Mm. Now, why do they do that? Well, it is some believe it is to seek attention. And oftentimes what we're learning is <clears throat> many children are do- who are doing this <clears throat> are beginning to enter the world of what we call access to personality disorder, Mm. where it's self-destructive behaviors. Now, in a pre-information age world, self-destructive behaviors for a child who could potentially be personality disorder is like self-cutting. All Mm. right. Um, But now here in the information age, we are now dealing with this phenomena called self-bullying, self-trolling, or self-digital abuse. And this is another uh, product of what cyberbullying is causing. Hmm. I I hadn't thought of that, but uh, yeah, being uh, self-destructive like that. And uh, my goodness, uh, Dr. You are listening to your Lot and Parcel podcast. Please tell a friend and support the educational program by leaving us a rating or review. We thank you in advance. My guest today is a licensed psychologist from New York, and he is describing the variety of techniques cyberbullies use to taunt, threaten, humiliate, and deprecate their target. Yes, we're talking about our children. He's making it unequivocally clear that as humanity increasingly becomes dependent upon mobile device, technology, virtual reality, and artificial intelligence, the range and the complexity of cyber attacks will assuredly grow. If you are grappling with a cyberbully, he offers to talk to you telephonically without any obligation, and you will find the contact information in the show notes. Let's get back with him, Dr. Michael Nucciatelli. These these ones that uh, let me ask you this: uh, those that uh, participate in the cyber uh, cyber bullies, what are your thoughts whether that entrenched behavior will carry on to into the mainstream as adults? What, what are your oh, thank you, Mister Diaz. It's almost as if you read my cyber bully triad. Thank you because that's actually next on the list. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about the cyberbully triad, this is something I I, I wrote down several years back, but I think it applies right now. The cyberbully triad is there are three types of cyberbullies. The first uh, is called what I call the ignorant cyberbully. Now, the ignorant cyberbully of the three types of cyberbully is the only typology that is not an eye predator. Why? Because the ignorant cyberbully, term ignorant, does not know the harm they're causing the other child. Hmm. It's hard as it believe, but I do believe, again, the second criteria to be an eye predator is a self-awareness that their cyber attacks is causing harm. There are children, there are ignorant, I mean, cyberbullies, These are children who are not aware. They don't know that their teasing is causing the other child significant harm. They think they're just joking. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then there are also children that suffer from developmental issues that don't realize. So essentially, the ignorant cyberbully, they are part of the group that don't meet the criteria for iPredator. Um, it doesn't excuse their actions. They're still culpable, but they don't truly realize the harm they're causing another child. Mm-hmm. So that is the ignorant cyberbully. The next is the righteous or the self-righteous cyberbully. And who they are is they abuse, taunt, and assault other children. And they're fueled by developmental and psychological needs for peer acceptance and belonging. Now, what we know about all children, Mr. Diaz, you you and I went through this, as well as all children in the beginning, all children now, and all children going forward, the developmental milestones for children, when a child is tween, ages zero to let's say eight, well, nine, 10, 11, mm-hmm. okay, their, their primary need is to the parent. The parent is the milestone, is who they're looking for approval from. Well, once a child becomes a tween and teen, they begin to move away from the parents and now they seek recognition and to be part of a peer group. Mm-hmm. And this is what happens during the tween and teen years. They move away from seeking uh, validation from the parents and primary caregivers. And now it's all about peer acceptance and belonging amongst the peers. Mm-hmm. The righteous cyberbully is targeting another child to be part of, to be seen as cool, to think because they think they're going to belong more. They're going to be seen as more cool amongst their peer group. So what the righteous cyberbully does in order to be accepted, they create a, a nonsensical reason. They, they create, a, uh, it's the, the, the target, the victim deserves my onslaught. They deserve to be teased because they are this, that, and that. Mm-hmm. And it can be ranged from anywhere from being, you know, uh, homophobic to racist, uh, mm-hmm. ideologically extreme. Mm-hmm. They come up with reasons why their victim needs to be uh, uh, targeted. That is the righteous cyberbully. Mm-hmm. And then the most serious of the three is what I call the narcissistic cyberbully. Now, this is the second subgroup of the two. So the righteous cyberbully is serious, but the narcissistic cyberbully, Mr. Diaz, Mm -hmm. they know what they're doing. They know the harm that they're causing others. And this is what makes them so dangerous because they are at the highest probability of future destructive and self-destructive involvement. Mm -hmm. They are fully aware of their foul behaviors And what they do, almost in a sadistic standpoint, they revel in the control and the domination they experience, and they have no justifications. Now, (laughs) not to say that they're psychopaths, Mm -hmm. albeit some Mm -hmm. of them may be the beginning, but they're behaving in a narcissistic, psychopathic manner. Mm -hmm. They feel minimal uh, guilt, minimal shame. because they feel good about themselves, the narcissistic cyberbully. Mm-hmm. That typology of cyberbully, that child is at the highest risk 
of becoming, as an adult, becoming an antisocial personality disordered adult, becoming potentially a, a sociopath, a psychopath. Why? Because in the early stages of their childhood, as a tween and their teen, they learn that it's okay to target others using information technology, mm. and there's no accountability. Mm. My goodness. So it, it, it will carry over into adulthood, apparently, then. Well, most certainly. Yeah. So, I mean, but again, I believe this is what a this is why accountability is so yeah. important. Oh, gosh, yes. Yeah. Unfortunately, uh, and here we are in 2022, we as a country uh, and all industrialized nation, we are not prioritizing cyberbullying prevention. Now, thank God, November, I mean, October is National Bullying Prevention Awareness Month. Mm -hmm. All of October is schools from an academic standpoint, for community standpoint. It's bringing to light and prioritizing prevention education, both bullying and cyberbullying prevention. It's very important. And that only starts next week or so. Well, that puts us October, all the month of October mm-hmm. is National Bullying Prevention Month. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that. <clears throat> so they do have that in uh, where they will discuss that in schools, apparently. And uh, and, I, and I think that's where it's at is the education, um, uh, doctor, especially starting at home, because, of course, parents have the primary responsibility. And if I may, and if I may, Mr. Dizzy, not that I'm uh, scapegoating the parents, because yes, the parents need to take an active role in the child's, you know, online life. But schools, I believe it should become a compulsory educational requirement. I think I made mention it on our first show, Mr. Diaz, is that every school in this country, and I love America, I am a patriotic citizen, but I believe in every grade, obviously develop me appropriately as young as possible from middle school and high school is where cyberbullying prevention, how to conduct oneself should be an actual class that every child takes, just like health class, just like math class, every child. And I say this, and I'm so passionate about it, Mr. Diaz, is why all children today are what? They are children of the information age. Yes. For the first time in human history, children from the time they wake up to the time they go to bed, not 16 hours, but I'm willing to say what, 8, 10, if not, when we take into consideration Mm -hmm. online gaming, children are spending almost every waking moment online. Mm Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's incredible. I've seen it. Yeah, it's just uh, unbelievable how much time and you do spend. This on is it. why, and this is where I yeah. think there needs to be a call where every mm-hmm. school, whether it's private, public, one course, one class during the day, is 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 geared towards introducing cyberbullying prevention, how to conduct oneself online, and even introduce cybersecurity. I mean, mm-hmm. this is also a great way, if you're a true American patriot, sure. is that it's a great way to teach children how to recognize cyber terrorism, how to recognize 
malevolent online activities, mm-hmm. how to go about reporting, you know, serious, potentially dangerous online activities, ranging from potential cyber terrorism mm-hmm. all the way to online child predation and online child pornography. It's teaching children what do they do when they see that in cyberspace. I, I do agree with you. Yeah, it's, I mean, there's so much maliciousness going on that uh, kids need to be aware of it. They're just like everything else, they, they need to be educated and understand about these things. But let's say somebody, uh, someone is um, targeting my child. Should I contact the content provider, such as, let's say, Facebook or YouTube and that sort of thing? Well, it, it depends on it depends on the devices. It depends on the platforms. Okay. okay. I mean, first thing, and this applies to adults. For us adults, the term is don't feed the trolls, okay? But for children, it's encouraging the child to ignore the cyberbully is to not engage because whether it's a child, whether it's, you know, an adult, whether it's a internet troll or whether it's a cyberbullying, if you engage that cyberbully, you feed their ego and you only engage them to do it more. Mm. So it is discouraging the child, encouraging the child to ignore the cyberbullying. Now, that's hard enough for us adults when we're being Internet trolled, but it's doing your best to encourage the child to not engage. Exactly. Exactly. Now, if the child is being cyberbullied via email addresses or instant messenger accounts by Mm. a a cyberbullying, it's blocking them now blocking the email address, blocking the instant messaging account does very little because what happens? The cyberbully only creates new email addresses and new instant message account, but you still block them anyway. Okay. <laughs> now, if the cyberbullying is occurring because kids are very much in the chat rooms or very much into message board and online forums, Well, they have what are called moderators, all right? So it is reporting to the moderators in those chat rooms that they're being targeted. (laughs) And then the other thing, like with instant message services, you know, IMS services, it's reporting the abuse. And not (laughs) to say it always works, but sometimes they do actually, you know, uh, disband and disbar the person from being the, the child from being in that chat room. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So that's on one side of the coin, the doctor being a target, but what if your child is the source? Well, that is, uh, it's unfortunate, but yeah, well, a, it is a tough one. Yeah. First thing for a parent, if I may. All right. Sure. Today's children, now you can go, and this is why I don't get involved in these statistics, whether mm. it be cybercrime or cyberbullying, or I call them all eye predators, okay? And I believe, and please prove me wrong, is that in children of the information age, okay, 100% of children today are either the cyberbully, the cyberbullied, or what are called the bystander. Mm-hmm. Now, the cyberbully is the assailant. The cyberbully is the victim slash target, and the and the bystander, which is the greatest segment. This is why I believe it's a hundred percent. Is the bystander, and the bystander is 
the child, the online user who knows that another child is being targeted. Mm. Every single child today, I believe, if they have social media, again, tweens and teens, every single child knows of a cyberbully or knows of a, a target or a victim of the cyberbully. Mm, interesting. Those are bystanders. Yeah. But unfortunately, Mr. Dye, this is why, what do we know about bystanders? Mm. Bystanders is nothing more than an observer. Mm-hmm. And what we know about bystanders, and God bless them, we would love them to do something about it, but the vast majority of bystanders do nothing about it. Why don't they report the cyberbully to adults? Because one, it's considered uncool and they would be deemed as a snitch. Right. Two, right. the bystander is deathly afraid, and I can understand that sure. they will now be targeted by the cyberbully. So what we're hoping for and what we need to encourage online, and this is in schools, education, and community, is what is called the upstander. Mm. The upstander is a a child online user who does something about it. They know the cyberbully. They know the victim. They do whatever is necessary in order to help. So the upstander amongst the cyber, the bystander population, presently, the upstander is the smallest segment. And we need to encourage that. Mm. We need to make it cool for the child uh, to, to, you know, to, to combat and to go against and to report the cyberbully. We need to develop in schools and in homes rewards for the child for standing up and protecting the victim and for, you know, confronting the cyberbully. We need to make it to where it is encouraged. It is supported and there are benefits to being an upstander. There you go. Yeah. So the bystanders, I, I liken it to a, you know, ball game. They're spectators. They're just watching and they're most certainly yeah. spectators. Yes. Yeah, they are. They are spectators and watching and maybe some, uh, um, even, I think it's even safe to say that uh, are enjoying what they're seeing and what's being. Well, that would, if they're enjoying it, uh, that would make them sadistic. And, exactly. You know, a sadistic, sadist, again, you know, most people misconstrue and think to be sadistic, you right. know, is, is a sexual, uh, you know, a sexual choice, a deviant, so forth and so on. Right. Albeit, people that are sadistic, that is a the smallest part essentially, and we all have this aspect, just thank God, most of us don't feel or act upon it. But to be sadistic is enjoying the harm caused by others. Okay. Um, Being curious about the harm caused by other is not sadistic. Sadistic is enjoying it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Curiosity, I believe to be curious to, to want to know about the harm, and this applies to both children and adults, um, you know, there's this old saying that humans are fascinated by the macabre. Yes. We're fascinated, right. you know, passing an auto accident. Mm-hmm. What I believe is the vast majority of us who experience that fascination, uh, it's not that we're sadistic. It is part of self-preservation. 
that curiosity is not that we're enjoying it is that we are in awe. It is all part of, and it's all genetically wired of self-preservation. So that curiosity is essentially teaching us it's our, and I believe it's genetic. It is hardwired yes. of wanting to know why somebody was hurt. Yeah. I, uh, I agree with you. I, I think it is because yeah, when car accident, you just, uh, you know, just automatically slow down to see what's going on there. You know, mm-hmm. um, I can see that. I should have asked you this at the outset, doctor, how in the world did you get into uh, this, this uh, type, uh, this aspect of, of uh, psychology? I, I guess it, it is psychology, right? Oh, well, it's certainly, I would say, well, well, that's actually great that you bring it up. Cyber psychology. So by day, if I may, working with schizophrenia, schizoaffective, uh, bipolar, dementia, Mm -hmm. I am a clinical psychologist creating treatment plans, engaging, whether it be cognitive reframing, cognitive refocusing, prevention education for the schizophrenic, the schizoaffective. By day, I am a clinical psychologist. After work, on the weekends, what we're doing now, we are discussing cyber psychology. Mm -hmm. Psychology is the study of human behavior. Cyber psychology is the study of human behavior as it relates to information technology. Mm -hmm. Because what cyber cyber psychology takes into consideration the two huge facets, huge environments that we all deal with on a daily basis. And that is cyberspace. And second to that is social media. And this applies to children, to adults, to small businesses, and even to mega, mega corporations. All of us living in the information age are dealing with the digital universe. And that's only going to continue. Mm-hmm. Oh, no question about it. No question about that, doctor. Um, I, I know you have a website. Uh, what can we find there that will help uh, about parent? Well, there is my my parenting internet safety tips. Okay. But and most importantly is that at the website, everything is free. It's public domain and educational. Uh, any of my 30 assessments that you download and print out, you don't even have to provide an email address. But related to the cyberbullying, there's the cyberbully abuser checklist, the cyberbullying target checklist, the cyberbully probability inventory, and the mm-hmm. cyberbully probability inventory CBA. Mm-hmm. So there are four different cyberbullying themes for the abuser and the target. Um, to be able to download, to print out, and to be able to to use to collect data, to educate family members, and to even use with your children. Mm -hmm. Very good. Give us the uh, the website, doctor. Yes, that is ipredator.org. So you can reach my website through the .org, the .net, or the .co, no M after Mm -hmm. .co. Mm -hmm. Well, that's great. I think what you're doing is a fine work. Um, many parents, many parents need direction. And I think you're a very good source. Doctor, I want to thank you for spending time with us. Uh, like I said, it, uh, I think uh, many have benefited. You shared some very good points. I know I learned uh, some points that you indicated. 
And I wanted to, I want to thank you for coming on your lot and parcel show. And I want to tell you to keep up the good work. Doctor. Oh, thank you, Mr. Davis. And God bless. And thank you. Thank you for listening. The theme music has been provided by Echo Foxtone. All the opinions expressed in the podcast are opinions only and should not be relied on. We hope you will join us in supporting home and family through your monetary funding. For more information, please visit yourlotandparcel.org.